it's still nice and warm this evening, even though the fall season has definitely started. But uh, this has been a nice day. The sun is setting over Wageningen. It is uh, right now uh, almost 7 o'clock. I just had dinner. And now I am walking short round through the streets of Wageningen as the sun is setting. Which, by the way, is much earlier than uh, just a few weeks ago. You can really tell that season is changing and we are heading for the darker times. Now, I have many reasons to look forward to the upcoming weeks. The most important one is that we are in the end phase of the renovation of my future home, the rectory that we've been working on since April the 1st, the day that I moved here. And I set myself a date on October the 1st, which is the feast day of St. Therese of Lisieux, as you know, uh, one of my favorite saints, to move over. Uh, come, what, come what may, even if the house is not entirely finished yet, I'm still, I still think it's uh, finished enough. I will have floors. That is, for me, that's enough. So I can uh, start uh, putting the furniture in place. That's the one main reason that uh, I can't move in yet. Because if there is no, no floor you can't put in a bed <laughs> on which to sleep. Um, there is still an issue with the uh, radiators, the heating system. Um, we had uh, a company give us a, a quote because there are, I think, six or seven radiators that uh, have to be renewed. And uh, the amount that they, of money that they asked was very high. And so I, I had to wait for a second opinion, um, which I've just received just an hour ago. So uh, <clears throat> we can now move ahead and hopefully finalize that also uh, quickly. And then it's just a matter of uh, finishing touches. Um, I have to make sure that I have internet. <laughs> we need to get everything working. And probably when we're going to test everything, we will still find some minor things and then of course the big work is going to be cleaning everything because the house has been uh, full of dust and uh, there, there's been so much work basically only the outside of the house and the walls were left all the rest has been uh, renovated so as you can imagine that generates a lot of dust and everything has will have to be cleaned uh, before I can move in my furniture. And then we have to hang up all the lamps. That's another big project. Hopefully I can find someone who can do that uh, with me. And uh, curtains also. Nice to have some curtains. Because the house has uh, four sides. I have no neighbors. Except for the church. But it's not adjacent immediately. So I need curtains for every side of the house. But, uh, oh, I'm so looking forward to it. One of the hardest things after my vacation in France was to come back here and to realize that, well, not much has changed. It's funny, during the summer holidays, I was able to establish my own rhythm. Um, as you know, I've been working very hard on my health and made tremendous progress. 
Um, and it's also because the summertime is usually very loose and uh, you, you, it, it's easier to just figure out your own um, way of, of doing things. But now that the, see, the new parish season has started and the students are back, uh, life in the, at the rectory has not really changed that much. And that was hard because I have changed and I know what I want and I know what I need for my health, for my own sanity. And I'm not entirely convinced that I can realize that as long as I live here in, uh, in Wageningen. I am going to miss these bells, though, and the overall atmosphere, because this is a very vibrant student town. Lots of uh, younger students are sitting outside. There's a dog playing in the fountain here, <laughs> trying to drink all the water from the fountain. I'm not sure if that's a good idea. I don't know how clean that water is, but anyway... <laughs> On the other hand, I will not miss the, the noise that comes with the student status of this town. Like, uh, oh, it's, that's the seven o'clock uh, bell. I, uh, the other night, at two o'clock in the morning, I lit- this is the first time I ever did this in my life. I, I was yelling at students. Uh, so it was... Um, I think it was on Saturday evening. So that's usually the time when they go out and get drunk. And when students here get drunk, they get very loud. Something I've never understood. understood. If, if I drink alcohol, I usually become drowsy and very quiet. But for most people, apparently this has the opposite effect. Very loud. So they were... I had already trouble sleeping because it was warm... And I was tired. I think I had done some work late in the evening. Oh, yes, I, I'd been working on the YouTube videos, <coughs> which was totally my mistake that I'd been going on for so long. So I went to bed much later than normal. My normal, uh, normally the time that I go to bed is 10 p.m. And it was like 11.30 or something before I went to bed. And then I couldn't sleep. <coughs> and then the noise started and... These students were yelling at each other and I was already kind of trying to fall asleep when they apparently had a motorbike and they were revving it up like in the streets. They were doing their... But not just for a minute, just to get going. No, for 15 minutes. And they were yelling at each other over it. And they were clearly... This was happening in the street right in front of the church. Uh, the street that I just walked down uh, from, that is a street with a lot of pavement and buildings, so there's a huge echo there around that square. So that amplified their, their noise and their yelling and their laughing. And the, especially the motorbike was, was making an insane amount of noise. So at first I'm thinking, well, probably someone will call the police, because this is ridiculous. And after 15 minutes, it just went on and on. And I was like, apparently nobody nobody cares so and I was at that moment I, I was so mad I need my sleep I was like my sleep is sacred right now as you know since I since I read that book about why we sleep I, I know that if I don't sleep well my everything is going to suffer 
So I opened the window. I yelled at them. I was like, stop this noise. Are you guys insane? <laughs> I, I put it mildly less politically correct than I do now. I was just infuriated. And then uh, they were taken aback a little bit. I don't think they expected in their drunken state that there was anyone else but them in the world. So one of them, the guy on the motorbike, uh, yeah, it's just a joke, man. I was like, I am not joking. If this doesn't stop in one minute, I'm going to call the police. <laughs> this stops now. And then they started yelling at each other and laughing again. And then I got even more mad. <laughs> I was like, okay, that's it. I am calling the police right now. <laughs> and then I closed the window with a slam, went back to my bed. And lo and behold, quiet. Everything became quiet. So apparently I scared them enough. And uh, I didn't know I had that power. <laughs> Maybe it's a superpower. Um, but I know that if my dad would get angry, everybody would be afraid, you know. So apparently it's a family trait that if it's very hard to anger a von Hogen. <laughs> That's my last name. But if you anger someone, really, it turns into, you know, the anger gets Hulk-like status. And there is no messing around anymore. <laughs> and seriously, if they would have continued and the police hadn't come, I would have gone down the stairs and onto the street in my pajamas and I would have personally demolished their motorbike. That's how mad I was. And then, of course, I was in bed with a heartbeat of 150 and uh, <laughs> just so stressed out by all of this that I still didn't sleep. Um, and, and the next day on Saturday, well, that was on Sunday, I think. On Sunday, now I'm getting confused. And maybe this was on Friday evening and because Saturday I was completely wiped out i couldn't do anything i'd so many things planned for a saturday uh so i had to go for a long training run a 20k which is quite something you need to i know i know that sleep is important if i have a uh, a lot of physical exercise to do so i i tried running in the morning it was a kind of a cold morning and it was the the weather was i don't know it was clouded and grayish and depressing <laughs> and after four and a half kilometers which is just i was just getting started and this never happens uh i was just done i was like i'm i feel miserable my legs are are not doing anything i am personally i just don't like running right now and I was, I was, again, I was frustrated. I, was, I know exactly that this is because I did not sleep well, because I get angry. Um, I'm, you know, I'm completely out of whack, and I don't like this. I don't, I'm not used to this anymore. So, but then I was, I was actually, I got an insight. I was walking back home, because uh, I didn't want to run anymore. I still had to cover another four and a half miles, uh, four and a half kilometers walking home so that was still about 30 minutes and I was trying to analyze the situation I'm trying to reframe it it's something I I try to do when I get upset or when something is you know negative I, I try to reframe it uh, well, so what what is the what is the upside of this how can I turn this around 
at least in my mind. And I remembered something that I've learned from the coaching app that I'm using to prepare for the Marathon of Rotterdam. Um, it is a, an app, uh, I think it's called Running with Hal. Hal Higdon is a, an American uh, marathon runner whose uh, training schedules I've been following uh, for many years. I think my, even my first half marathon was, uh, I prepared for that using one of his online schedules. The app takes it to the next level and gives you like uh, uh, from a day-to-day training schedule based on your um, estimated race time and 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 it adapts it to what you actually do so you have to always add your um, your 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 the facts of the, what you actually ran uh, even if you uh, miss a training or so so every day for every I'm going through one of those gates here that is meant to keep out the wildlife because I'm now entering uh, a natural reserve here this is the area around the river this this part was almost flooded a few months earlier if you remember that now it's all super green because probably very very wet still um, I always like when I go for a smaller walk I like to walk through the grass and just I, I, you smell nature here I love that even though I did do, finally ended up doing my 20k run this morning so I've already been outside but I still I can't be outside enough I it's so beneficial anyway the app when even if you can't do so so on that morning I typed in that I didn't do my regular the planned distance but I only did four four kilometers or so four and a half kilometers and then the app gives you a reaction and it was, oh, I see you, uh, you kind of missed your goals today. But, you know, that happens from time to time. Maybe you were too tired or don't feel bad about skipping a day. Pick it up, pick up the pace tomorrow and you'll be fine. And you know what? That was exactly the advice that I needed, not only for my marathon training, but I needed to hear that for my overall life. I, I have a tendency, and those of you that know me uh, since, since uh, well, since forever, <laughs> I have a tendency to, to, to always aim too high and to, to be very ambitious about what I want. And I always get into trouble because I want too much, and yet time, resources, energy, health can all fail you and then I would feel bad about it because I'd already announced it and I already promised myself and others that I would do it. So in the past I've often been plagued by this this feeling of inadequacy. You know, I don't do enough. I should have should have done this, should have, could have, would have. It's been my mantra for most of my life. And it's very unhealthy. Because it, it, it puts you in this constant mood of uh First of all, guilt. I'm, I'm not good enough. Uh, that's, that's, that's a really, really core issue that I have been struggling with for most of my life. So it's, it's never enough. But also this uh, uh, almost exaggerated feeling of, 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 of duty and, 
and having to work non-stop, never taking time for myself. Uh, and even if I would take time for myself, I would still try to um, turn it into into something that is also good for others. So it's a, it's a reflex. And it's, uh, For instance, if I would play a video game, I don't play a video game just for fun. No, then I'm constantly beating myself up. Like, I should stream this. I should engage with the Twitch community. I should uh, have conversations. Building a Lego castle. I can't just go and build a Lego castle listening to some music. No, I have to set up a YouTube channel and I could reach so many thousands of Lego fans and we could... This could really help my mission. So I'm constantly... Of course, there's nothing wrong with that. But I think that subconsciously I'm also... uh, Using these ideas to... To tell myself that it's okay to take a break. It's okay to, to build a Lego castle or to play a video game. But it has to be useful. It cannot never. It can never be for me. Because I already do so little and I accomplish so little. And it's, it's ne- very negative self-speak. And I, I also have that same reflex when it comes to training for the marathon. You know, when I, when I don't feel good. And fortunately, this rarely ever happens today because I'm such an experienced runner. And I, I've, I think this has been the best training ever. I've never uh, run this much. And I've hugely improved my overall speed and stamina because I've been so diligent and, uh, and training so... <laughs> I've been so obedient to what the app told me. And it, it works. It totally works. I have to trust this program. And I've been super excited about the results already in, during training. So I don't know what's going to happen on race day. But I don't care, actually, because this is all running a marathon itself is just a crown on on the actual fun of running and that is having a purpose to run for and to train for and to see yourself improve. So the but if I would fail trainings in the past, I would beat myself up about that as well. Instead of telling myself, "Hey dude, you're a you're an athlete. You're running marathons." I was like, "I'm I'm not fast enough. I'm not doing enough. I skipped another training. I was tired. Oh, I feel bad about myself." And what this coaching app gave me permission to do was to tell myself, it's okay if you... Don't worry. It's okay if there are circumstances that cause you to be unable to do the training. But you know what? There's always tomorrow. You can pick it up. You can do it. So it's a very positive way of talking, which I think is, is a quality of a coach to, to encourage you and to nudge you in the right position, not with negativity or out of fear, but because you're motivated, because you, you feel that you're being affirmed and, and strengthened and encouraged. But when I was reading that advice, especially or advice, basically the assessment, like, hey, you, uh, you, you didn't really, you were unable to run the prescribed distance, but that's okay. You'll, you'll, you can always uh, do it tomorrow. I told myself, well, I should change my, my own coaching language. When I'm coaching myself, when I'm talking to myself, I should use that approach. It is so much more, <laughs> more fruitful to, to talk to yourself positively instead of constantly um, talking down to yourself. And I think 
that ultimately this, this habit of talking negatively about yourself is something that we've learned. We've internalized what other people said to us. And there are people in my own past and education that have been this negative and uh, who had this attitude like it's, it's never good enough. It's not good to do something for yourself. You always have to be... You have, it's, it's, it's almost a sin to do anything just because you like to do that. It has to be useful for others. You cannot never be selfish. That kind of talk. But it's always... I mean, the core, maybe, yes... I agree with that. It is, it's good to not be selfish, and it's, it's, but the tone and the approach was very negative, and very condemning of everything that's fun. And 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 basically, the premise of that kind of criticism is, uh, self care is bad. Self care is selfish. And if there's one thing that I stop believing, is that. In on the contrary, I think. Self-care, being kind to yourself, is a virtue. It's something very, very important. Um, and I think it's also re- a reflection of... By the way, I'm walking over a bridge, in case you're wondering what this sound is. It's a wooden bridge uh, that goes over the river. And here's another gate for the animals. Um, there's a lot of mud here. Let me see if I can jump over it. Oops. Okay. I survived. I'm always afraid with mud like this to slip and to fall. Which actually uh, has happened before. So far, so good. But if I think of how God looks at me, what, what is the kind of feeling that I want to give people who come to me for confession, for instance? They feel bad about something that happened. They, they really uh, have remorse about uh, certain things they did or said. And they want to improve. So what is my attitude in that situation? Uh, Encouragement. I was like, that's that's great. And don't don't sweat it. Don't worry about what you did wrong. What matters to God is what you want to do now. And how how are you going to turn that around? It's like I applaud your courage to express your desire to be forgiven and to start anew. So... My role as a pastor is to always encourage, to coach people in a positive way. I, it wouldn't even cross my mind to say anything negative during confession. Uh, I've had some experiences in the past with confessors that did that, and it hurt me very much. And it, it, it actually did the opposite of what they probably thought they were doing. It, it just, just, oh, here's a lot, a lot of mud as well. There we go. This is probably the, the, one of the downsides of this area be, having been so wet a few months ago. Ugh. Sorry, I'm just navigating the tiny tracks here that have not been inundated. Okay, I'm going to just go to the, take the left path here that goes up, and so it's less, less swampy. Um, so if... I always approach other people from a pastoral point of view positively. Then why on earth am I not doing that for myself? What is... Oh my gosh, here is a very small path. And it is just one big mudsled. It's just... Listen to this. 
that that is mud it's the kind of sticky gooey mud ew 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 okay i'll probably have to take my shoes off when i re-enter the rectory this is not going to <laughs> it's not something you shake off oh boy even though the road goes up it's still muddy i guess that this path has been a small river <laughs> when they, we had the inundations it's the only way i can explain all this humidity on this level oh wow there's a huge group of horses and there is no fence here separating me from these oh at least 15 horses that are standing there grazing most of them are brown a few white ones a few black ones nice nice but i will keep my distance <laughs> i'm a lot smaller than these horses anyway uh so if i myself use positive language to coach others then where does this negative inner voice come from well i guess it has to come from from other people and I just internalized it because I thought it was normal. Well, not anymore. I'm learning more and more that the this is this goes back to the core commandment that Jesus gives. Now, what's the most important thing in the law? To love God above everything and to love your neighbor as yourself. So self-love is explicitly permitted by Jesus and encouraged. It's not just, and sure, you can also love yourself. No, it's a commandment. You have to love yourself. And for me, that translates also in the language that I use and the kind of coaching that I apply to myself. So, what I did that day, that Saturday, that I felt so lousy and rotten, and I, I could tell, you know, this is going to be a lost day. I'm probably going to be in bed for most of the day, which actually happened in the afternoon I laid down and slept for a few hours more or less because I I just had to recover from that broken night before but instead of beating myself up about it I told myself hey this is just this just happens it's part of life nobody is going to force you to do anything you can't do um, if if this if this fatigue that you right now this you feel if you would label that as I am unwell I'm sick. In a certain way, you are. You are sick of sleep deprivation and uh, having had a, a, a bad night, not having had the amount, the amount of REM sleep that you need, etc., etc. Um, if someone else would tell you, oh, well, today I'm really unwell, I'm not feeling good at all, I'm, I'm kind of sick, I would never say, well... <laughs> What, what kind of excuse is that? Go to work, I force you now. And yet, oftentimes I do that to myself. I remember that when I had COVID and I was like my, even my blood saturation was low and I had a, a 39 degree fever. I forced myself to edit entire TV shows. I think I made three, three full TV shows while I had COVID and I had 38 to 39 degrees of fever and anyone else would be in bed. So that's telling you how, how much I've been 
used to treat myself differently from the way I, tr I would treat other people. And I think it comes from this uncertainty. Is it good? Am I good enough? Is this, am I not too selfish? And so this inner voice has to stop and thankfully has already stopped. And I recognized the voice immediately. I was like, okay, this is negative self-talk. We're not going to do that. And then sometimes, you know, the universe conspires to help you. Throw another gate here. Uh, I'm now, in case you've ever seen the photos, my, the river is on the right. And it's interesting to see rowboats again. Uh, and a little pond that goes back and forth. Uh, not the pond, the little boat. We call it a pond in, <laughs> in Dutch. <laughs> but that's not the same word. It's a... Uh, uh, it's a little boat that carries bikes and cars over the river. It hasn't been there for months because of the the water situation, but now it's all back. So I guess there's a lot of leisure use of the river again. It's funny. Anyway, and here on my left is the big stone, former stone factory with a huge chimney in the center and the kind of always reminds me a little bit of the of the, the houses in Brie in Middle-earth. There's something, I don't know, Middle-earthy about this. Oh, and look at the, the grass in front of this old factory is now covered in, in orange flowers. Beautiful, or oh, they've been planted actually, I see. We used to call those Afrikaans, Afrikaners. I think they're gonna change that name because of the, I don't know, political situation the Holland getting coming to terms with it, its past of slavery and oppression um, so apparently these flowers have to get a different name as well I wouldn't know why beautiful flowers could be demeaning but I don't know I don't know the genesis but now there's a man on wooden shoes carrying uh uh, plant material from his garden is going to probably dump it somewhere to burn it or maybe fertilize his land with it. That's always the funny thing in Holland when you are in the countryside, you see older people, they walk on wooden shoes. And it's very comfortable, actually. Wooden shoes are uh, waterproof, very light. It feels, you know, you think wooden shoes, that, that sounds heavy and impractical, but the type of wood that they use is water-resistant and it's very, very um, light. <coughs> so it absorbs the heat very quickly, so it's even comfortable in the winter. <coughs> uh, if you have to wade through mud pools like I just did, wooden shoes would have been perfect. Uh, and my fancy, oh my gosh, my shoes, especially my left shoe, is covered in mud now. And so are my trousers. Darn it. Okay, I'll have to let that dry overnight and see if I can wash it out tomorrow. Oh, yeah, yeah. So I guess in, when, when I'm in the new home, I'll get myself a pair of wooden shoes as well. Just in case. I can do the wooden shoes walk. How fun would that be? Would, you'd probably have a lot of audio, extra audio noise in the background. <laughs> anyway. So, uh, the, the, <laughs> the universe conspired to help me uh, with this positive self-talk. And <clears throat> because, uh, as you know, I'm using the app Habitica for, uh, to establish new routines and new habits. 
and it's been it's worked wonders i've used it in the past but it's never been this effective mostly because i'm using it much much more consistently and so i've been able to establish uh, a ton of new routines and because i'm able to constantly you know mark the successes it also gives me a lot of a good feeling every day i was like oh i've done everything that's on my list I've even done 40 push-ups today. <laughs> and I don't know, there's something about this app that, that visualizes the things you do to tell you, so you can tell yourself, hey, I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not doing so badly at all. I'm actually making progress here. But the funny thing is, it's of course, it's an app and it's a, there's a community also around it. And every month they have challenges for anyone to join. And this month, as so I was browsing through some of those challenges, and one of one big one was uh, the the month of self care. That's how it was formulated. And when you take up a challenge like that, it gives you things to do, and it puts it in in the same list that you check every day to mark your habits, or maybe to dos, or or your uh, tasks. And there were two tasks that you had to do. So that's a one-time in, time investment. <clears throat> and uh, it was to create a list of things you're good at. And uh, you, had to, you could write down anything you wanted, but they're just things, talents, uh, thing, uh, skills you've acquired, um, things that, that help other people, just anything positive that you have to say about yourself, you could list it. So I, that was one job to do one task and there was a second list i had to make oh the second list was to make a list of things you can do that give you joy that that give you new energy that uh, are things that you do that can recharge your batteries funny enough that list for me was very small i had trouble coming up with things you know, I just write down, uh, first of all, what happens in my mind is when I get a, uh, a task like that, I'm thinking of all sorts of pious things that other people would, would think I would write down or maybe think that I should write down. Like, what gives you new energy? Prayer, meditation on holy scriptures, um, praying the rosary. And it's like, yeah, that's great, but that is actually not that's not the way the cookie crumbles for me. That I I sure I'm a priest and prayer is good, but that's not this category. You know, I would only write that down if I would like to project to the world and to myself how holy and pious I am. But let's face it, prayer and liturgy of hours can also sometimes be just a chore that just takes away your energy. And it's not always rose-colored prayer and praying the rosary can be extremely boring and sleep-inducing. So, no, I'm not going to write that down. So that's, that's the first, that's just happening in my mind, and I usually have that discussion within five seconds. I'm thinking, okay, this is just for me. Of course, I didn't know that I was going to share that here on the podcast. So my apologies if you're scandalized that I didn't put the rosary on the top of my list. But that's that just who I am. So <laughs> instead, I was like, okay, what else am I going to write down? There's a dog coming my way and not diverging. Oh, now it's stopping. So it sees that I'm not stopping. And now he's not running towards me. 
I was afraid that he was just jump up to me. And uh, oh, he's just sniffing something. Maybe that's why he smelled something. I think the dog belongs to these people there. They're coming towards me. So, um, what did I write down? Not that much. I couldn't come up with many things. Uh, so I wrote down, like, uh, reading, playing video games, singing along with music, and, uh, so that's a really, it took a while to write down a few positive things, which was another eye-opener. It told me that, in fact, 95% of the stuff that I do does not really give me energy or spark joy or whatever you want to call it. But it's just work. And I've, I've taught myself to enjoy my work. And to, to a certain extent, I do enjoy what I do. Otherwise, I wouldn't do it. But it's not on the level of recharging my batteries. Like, I like preaching. But it's not recharging my batteries. Ooh, there's a car coming up from behind. It costs energy. Uh... Celebrating mass, even even the online mass, I enjoy that, and I I I think it is something that also helps me to be close to the community, etc. But it's not the kind of energy-inducing, generating activity that I could do for for hours in a row and then be completely refreshed and renewed. That's a different category. Uh, and and I notice that there actually have very few things that I enjoy just because I enjoy it. Even even Lego and video games, I had to specifically write down building Lego without streaming. Playing video games without streaming. That's the kind of stuff that I can immerse myself in and I, I enjoy it. I listen to some music. I, I sing along. And I don't have to perform something or you know get ener- expend energy into more than just the activity itself but i did find a number of things that i liked and i wrote down and then the next two items that it added to my uh so these two were the to do's the other two went to the task li- list which is stuff that you do from time to time when it's necessary it's not a daily habit um, these two tasks, I can, I can, um, uh, I'm trying to uh, sway away some, some flies here or some mosquitoes. They're all swarming right now at this time of the day. Oh, the other day I went for a, for a bike ride. <laughs> there was a, like in the training for the marathon, you have these days once per week where you have to do a different type of sports. Now, I'm not a swimmer. I don't do any other type of group sport. So the only alternative that I have to running is is riding my bike. So I was riding my bike in the evening. And I go through this lane. It was in uh, Rankum. It's just this uh, smaller village. And all of a sudden, like, it is as if I'm hit with a thousand... uh, Well, not as if. I'm hit with a thousand bugs. My entire face and body is covered in these black fly tiny little flies almost the midgets you have in uh, in scotland that they don't bite but it was like 
it's so prickly and and I was going full speed I was going really at a fast pace and I so I couldn't stop anymore but I was like <laughs> my entire face is covered in bugs ay 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 anyway uh <laughs> the stuff you you have to suffer if you want to be healthy so the um the task one is if you feel down if you if you catch yourself with negative self-speak practice self-care by going through that list of things that you're good at and tell yourself you're okay there's much more that is good than what is failed uh, so that that is and I've done it not very often which is already a good sign it means that there there hasn't been much negative self-talk lately or maybe I just forgot but <laughs> It, that's when I understood that's actually a good exercise. Tell yourself that you're much more than just this one thing that you feel bad about. And the second task is when you really feel bad and you have an off day and, and you feel super negative about yourself or about something, take a look at that other list of things that re-energize you that without any second agenda or whatever are just for you and you know are going to help you feel good now of course i didn't put any junk food in that list otherwise i'd be <laughs> i'd be a mess by now <laughs> uh, so uh it's 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 good to have a list of rewards things you can do maybe not even rewards but just things you can do that are just for you and for no one else and that make you feel good because that's part of self-care it's doing for yourself what you would totally grant another person to do and 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 uh the constant struggle of course is that voice of the people in your life that have been influential that have denied you in the past to have these moments for yourself i can still hear that voice i was i needed a lot of me time when i was a teenager and i enjoyed being on on my own i loved sitting at my desk and drawing comics and building model planes and stuff and i've heard so often that that was selfish and that instead i should be playing with my friends or you know do something that is useful or useful for others and a little bit of creativity is good but it should always be something that you can then give to someone else or but doing something for yourself just because it, it energizes you and you like that that is bad that is selfish that is well this this routine has made me even more aware of how important it is to do the opposite of what that voice says and spend time on yourself because you would also absolutely uh wish it on for someone else and i think in especially in my work as a priest my uh when i look around to my colleagues so many of them are i think literally working themselves to death the parish life takes up every single moment of the day and they feel even obliged to be ready for it to take over every minute of the night if necessary it's this kind of self self-chosen martyrdom which 
I think is extremely destructive and even shows, I think, a a lack of faith. It's it's a messiah complex for, for many of my colleagues and it has been for me. That's how I know. I know firsthand how dangerous that is because it can destroy you because there's always more work. There's, it's never enough, literally. The kind of work that priests do in the parish is never enough and you have constantly, you have this constant battle. I see it with, with other priests in, in my vicinity to, to tell yourself uh, that it, you know, Stop. Most priests that I know can't say no to themselves. They, they feel that they constantly have to do more, and it's never done. And it's, they can never just sit back and take time to read a book or watch TV. Who has time for that? How often have I heard that lately? Who has time to read a book? Well, I have, because I think it's necessary for me. It's a way for me to give myself new ideas, to learn about stuff, to make progress in my life, to have something to just enjoy that is not work-related. Reading, for me, is one of my priorities, so I just schedule it as if I would schedule a meeting with someone else. Because love your neighbor as you love yourself. You know, there should be parity there. And, well, in my kind of work, that is hard to to accomplish and it's also you know how how far do you let other people go over your own boundaries of course an incidental moment where you have to kind of get it step out of your comfort zone i'm not talking about that i'm talking about structural abuse of the availability of priests to wear them out and even bilbo knew that, that you can't spread butter over too many pieces of toast that's what I see happening and it has happened to me in the past. And so having this week of, of self-care or this month of self-care, it's another way for me to coach myself. And then there's one more thing that is added to the habits. And I'm actually very grateful for that. <laughs> that the, uh, and I'm going to leave it there even if the challenge is over next, next month. It is a thing you have to take off every day. And it says do something just for you that you enjoy that gives you uh, energy for 30 minutes just 30 minutes so it's very small I know lots of people that wouldn't even be able to to take that off their list for the day to do 30 minutes something just for you so that includes for me that it also includes I'm not going to do it for God that may scandalize you but hey I'm not going to put prayer or something like that because uh, I know that God enjoys it when I enjoy myself. And when I take good care of myself, that is something that I think pleases God. You have, always have to be careful with filling in what, what God may think. But, yeah, I, I, I believe it's true. So, And the reason that I leave it on there is that even though my schedule that I make, my planning, there's always this one hour between five and six where I... I give myself space, room to read. Um, I I kind of do that maybe one time, one day out of ten. All the other days, I don't get my reading in, and the only other, way, the only reason that I I'm still able to continue reading the books that I have on my 
reading list for 2021 is because I run so much. So I listen to audiobooks. But that's saying something. That even with my current 100% media-dedicated life, where I'm very, very autonomous when it comes to the way I do my work and when I do it, I still don't grant myself one hour at the end of a workday. It's five o'clock, you know. When you're working from eight till five, five should be the limit. And, and, and before I go into the kitchen and cook, having one hour to read a book, I, don't, I can't even do that. So the, the 30 minutes, I deliberately did not choose books for that, but video gaming. So I, I, that's something I truly missed over the summer. I barely ever played video games anymore. Hey, little kitty. <laughs> Crossing the street there. Totally ignores me like any cat. <laughs> anyway, the, uh, uh, the, I had a great time in spring, during springtime when we were all playing Valheim and I so thoroughly enjoyed those hours because it was building, but it was kind of with a small group of people and we chatted and, and defeated trolls and, and flying dragons and stuff. It was so much fun. And then I got too busy. And I didn't play video games for months. and But now it's back on the menu. And I'm actually not just playing Valheim. Uh, I do that a bit. But I'm playing a game that you can't play with others. <laughs> it's called Stranded Deep. It's a, you're basically... It's a first-person view. You're on this remote island. Uh, you've been in a plane crash. And you need to survive. And it's very hard. <laughs> and you're constantly thirsty and trying to figure out how to use coconuts to build your tools and and what i like is the, the the game does not allow you to see the clock it doesn't allow you to have any other window open it takes over your entire computer and what it does it makes you which is also a risk makes you forget the world that you're in it helps you to focus on the task of surviving but what it helps me to do is to have at least one hour or half an hour per day where basically it's a form of mindfulness where the only thing that matters is how to live another day on this island and because it's a little bit hard and stressful it helps me to not worry about anything else now if you if you combine an activity like that with my current very structured life where everything is um is 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 carried by uh, by habits, um, one extra habit that I recently added to the list of things to that I have to do is planning, and and I I am just so stunned that I've never thought of that before. And but what I do is I I write down my first my to dos. Uh, so this is not something all, all the habitual stuff, working, TV production, podcast. That's all part of the usual work so i don't have to remember that that's just part of what i do but then you have all these little things that you have i would write this inquire about radiators with that person call up that person etc those i first mark as to do's so i can also tick them off at the end of the day and i get points for that Uh, so it helps me to be motivated to to uh to put them uh well to keep them on the to-do list but then I open my calendar and I move all these 
tasks, these, these one-time things, to Google Calendar. Google Calendar has uh, the ability to add, I think it's also called tasks. Um, it's basically a to-do system. It's not very well known, and I'm not sure if many people use it. The cool thing is you can now, and you, could, you weren't able to do that in the past, in the past, it was just a list of to-do items and most of the time hidden in the user interface. But now, you can take those to-do items and actually place them on your calendar. So I gave them a blue color so they really stand out from all the pastel colors I'm using for the rest of my calendar. And I put them in time slots. If they're important enough, they deserve my time. And then very quickly, you start to notice that there are way too many to-dos on that list. And... Because the regular work also has to be done. I have to eat. I have my times where I read a book, where I rest, where I train. So if you start adding important to-dos to a calendar and you have to reserve a certain time for them, like 10 minutes or 15 minutes. Uh, I noticed today, for instance, I had two phone calls. I'm thinking, that's 10 minutes. No, every phone call was more than 30 minutes. So... have to be realistic about it but once you become realistic and you allow yourself to schedule time for those to do's you also realize there's too much on my plate so it prevents you from from overcharging yourself from wanting too much and and then and then potentially causing distress and feelings of unhappiness when you haven't been able to do what you were what you set out to do so this procedure of of planning every day and also not just plan but reserve time i use the same color for my to-dos once i schedule them as i do for meetings so for instance and i do that also for for the the 30 minutes of self-care i put them in my calendar in red and red is the meeting color because I tell myself, I have a meeting with myself. And just as much as I would never let anyone interfere with a meeting that I have with, with someone else or with, a, for instance, the board of SQP or board of uh, Tridio um, or a, a one-on-one meeting with uh, someone, I, I'm going to give the same status to the important things in my life. These are meetings. These are sacred in a certain way. There has to be an emergency for me to, for, for anything to break into that scheduled activity. And so these things have, are starting to really uh, yield fruit. I feel more, much more in control of my life. I am much more able to withstand the temptation of... Uh, just starting to do random stuff and then discovering that, hey, I don't have time for that or I don't have resources. So, and, it, and most importantly, it protects what is truly important in my life. Health, prayer, uh, sleep, all that. And, and it's all thanks to this, this different approach towards coaching myself look for the possibilities, coach yourself in a positive way instead of constantly berating yourself and talking negatively about all those crazy ideas that you never planned for and thus didn't do. Hope this, these, these tips help you uh, if you are facing similar 
situations in your life. Thanks in any, in any case for your for your time, for your patience, and um, I'm gonna sign off. And I still have one hour left on this beautiful evening to uh, try to survive another night on that island. <laughs> Talk to you soon. Take care, and God bless.